The OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders, taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello and welcome to episode 167. I hope that you guys are doing very well wherever you are today. It's been a really gloomy couple of weeks in Barcelona but thankfully it's really beginning to brighten up this afternoon and that really does help um, with dealing with OCD and anxiety as the season begins to change and uh, the days begin to get a bit brighter and a bit longer um, it gives a, gives us a bit more hope. And speaking of hope, if you are struggling with OCD and anxiety, then you can get a free session with me. To get that, all you need to do is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com, and there you can leave me a message and we can arrange the free session. In today's podcast, we are going to be talking about existential OCD. And this is something that so many people uh, can struggle with. Um, you know, obviously, if you allow your mind to, to think about it too much, the very fact that we are, you know, we're very small, we're living on this tiny little planet in a very small corner uh, of the universe. And, you know, it's all too easy to get lost in questions like, what are we doing here? What is our purpose? What is our meaning? And for some people, um, you know, getting stuck on this stuff causes a lot of anxiety and so today we'll be exploring what existential OCD is and of course what we can actually start doing about it. Um, As always if you find the podcast helpful it would be brilliant and amazing and incredible if you could head over to Instagram. I mean you could do it now if you wanted to (laughs) Um, and yeah if you could follow and like there it really does help to to boost the podcast and also if you could uh, subscribe to the podcast on your podcast app of choice. So that's it Um, as always if you have any questions then do please let me know and I really hope you enjoy. Many thanks. When we worry about existential OCD themes, we're we're really worrying about the meaning of life, the purpose of life, and trying to, to find that somehow. But as you may know, if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, for me, it's so important that we're able to create our own meaning. Um, now, now, that doesn't mean that you, you know, if you have religious beliefs, if you have spiritual beliefs, whatever they may be, of course, you, you have those things. Um, perhaps you don't have those things. But either way, it's important that we're able to create our own meaning in life and to be able to, to understand the reality of our situation that whilst we, you know, we don't have control over the thoughts and things that pop up into our mind, to the obsessions that constantly draw us into overthinking and over analyzing and looking for certainty, 
we don't have control over those things that pop up into our consciousness, but we do have um, control over where we put our consciousness. And in a way, that also means that we have control over creating meaning in our life. Because if we choose to focus on meaningful things, things that really nourish us, then, you know, we are actually by definition creating meaning. So I wanted to start off with a quote that kind of explores this idea. It's a fairly long one. Well, it's not fairly long. It's a very long quote, but it's a really good one. And it's by uh, Stanley Kubrick. It goes like this. The very meaninglessness of life forces man to create his own meaning. Children, of course, begin life with an untarnished sense of wonder, a capacity to experience total joy at something as simple as the greenness of a leaf. But as they grow older, the awareness of death and decay begins to impinge on their consciousness and subtly erode their jour de vivre. Not sure if I'm saying that correctly at all. If you're uh, French, I'm sorry for butchering that. Um, their idealism and their assumption of immortality. As a child matures, he sees death and pain everywhere about him and begins to lose faith in the ultimate goodness of man. But if he's reasonably strong and lucky, he can emerge from this twilight of the soul into a rebirth of life's elan, both because of and in spite of his awareness of the meaninglessness of life he can forge a fresh sense of purpose and affirmation. He may not recapture the same pure sense of wonder he was born with, but he can shape something far more enduring and sustaining. The most terrifying fact about the universe is not that it's hostile, but it, that it's indifferent. But if we can come to terms with this indifference and accept the challenges of life within the boundaries of death, however mutable man may be um, able to make them, our existence as a species can have a genuine meaning and fulfillment. However vast the darkness, we must supply our own light. Now, although, uh, although I love this quote, I don't actually entirely agree with Stanley Kubrick here. You know, who am I to argue with Stanley Kubrick? But I am. I am going to argue with him. And this is what I say to him. I don't entirely agree because I believe personally, just my personal opinion, that there is more meaning to, to the universe. Um, I do think that there's um, a reason for us to be here. But that's just my personal opinion. And whatever personal opinion you have, whatever faith you have, whatever spiritual beliefs you have, that's absolutely fine as well. But I think the important thing that he's saying in this is that it's very helpful to create your own meaning. Um, you know, to to not get lost in in the struggle of feeling like there isn't enough meaning because you can create your own. In OCD, one of the major problems that I struggled with um, was was that sense of what am I actually doing here? I'm just here every day waking up struggling with OCD and life is so hard. Um, you know, what is my purpose here? Like, if, if this is why I'm here, this is really not very fair. And when you get lost in these kind of thoughts, it only makes OCD worse. It's so much better if we're able to, to as Stanley Kubrick points out, despite the, uh, the, the difficulties that life presents, to try our best to find meaning within the darkness, to create 
our own light. The website Made of Millions uh, states that existential OCD is a subset of OCD in which sufferers are preoccupied with the philosophical aspects of life. You might obsess over questions like, what's the meaning of life? Or why are we even here? Or if there's no God, why should I care about anything? And your brain creates these abstract questions and creates an illusion that you need to solve them. Now, I think this is a really good kind of definition um, of, of existential OCD and what's going on here. Because, of course, with OCD, there's always um, this element of uncertainty and wanting to get rid of that, wanting to create certainty where we can't have it. And of course, with these big questions, um, you know, this is exactly what happens. It is so easy to get lost in this kind of thinking because, you know, you're really asking questions which the best philosophers and mystics and, uh, you know, people who have spent uh, their entire lives um, dedicated to trying to solve these questions you know, they have been unable to really come up with um, answers that are good enough for everybody. And that's because, you know, there really isn't any answer that is sufficient. Um, you know, the if you look at it from a logical standpoint, at the very least, um, you know, you can come at it from a science perspective. And science will, will give you quite dry answers as to why we're here. If you come at it from a spiritual or from a, re a religious perspective, then you might have answers that make sense to you. And, and that's absolutely fine. But I don't think there's one answer that explains it absolutely for everybody. And so demanding certainty about this is, is literally a one-way road to having a lot more anxiety. Uh, to, to getting lost in, in obsessions. Now, the way in which you might try to find this certainty will, will vary. Um, some people will be ans um, asking themselves these, these kind of big questions and then ruminating on them um, again and again and never really coming to an answer that is satisfactory enough. Um, you may seek reassurance by asking other people about their opinions, but again, coming to the same, you know, ineffective conclusions. Um, or you might even start researching online um, for the same reason. In a way, you know, all of this stuff is is really about trying to to give ourselves reassurance. I mean, it's looking for certainty, but it's different ways of, of doing that. So what can we actually do in order to deal with existential OCD? Well, we really need to challenge um, the, the part of us that's demanding certainty to acknowledge that we may never know exactly why we're here. And, you know, if you do have your own uh, particular beliefs and they're important to you, then obviously you, you believe them. If you have some doubts about them, that's okay. It's not bad to have doubts about whatever you, you believe in. If you don't have doubts, then that's fine too. But what you want to, to kind of arrive at is a place where you're comfortable with any uncertainty that comes up about these existential themes, that you may not like it, that perhaps it produces anxiety in you, but that you're able to deal with that uncertainty. You're able to deal with that anxiety and get on with your life um, despite it.
And to develop this kind of mindset, we need to do exposure work. We need to kind of face up to the fact that we don't know and that that's okay, that we don't need certainty. Now, of course, I always recommend that you work with a therapist to do this kind of work, but the kind of things that they might suggest um, is is to uh, to even agree with the thoughts sometimes, to write out statements where you acknowledge the fact that you don't know, even if that creates a lot of anxiety within you. Um, you can write post-it notes to remind you of the fact that you know that you don't know, and to make sure that you're not avoiding thinking about this, uh, which can be can be a, a, a kind of compulsion in itself. If you can, try to come up with a list of all of the compulsions that you're performing around this and try to do everything that you can to slowly start reducing those things that you're doing because they are real life opportunities for exposures. If you constantly seek reassurance um, on in this area from friends or online, then really try to reduce uh, doing that. And, and that's a way of, of kind of exposing yourself to the anxiety because you're not doing anything to lower that, that anxiety. You're not pushing it away. And it's so important when you when you do do this that you try to just accept that anxiety, which is um, here we're, we're kind of bringing in the mindfulness skills. Um, you know, I really dislike that word mindfulness sometimes, but it is important here that we recognize that when we do um, exposure work like this, that we try to do it in a gentle way, that when the anxiety comes up because we're not performing performing those compulsions that we really want to, that we actually practice being kind, gentle, compassionate with ourselves, and that we try to just allow that anxiety to be without doing anything to get rid of it. And when you do this, you really start to learn that you can tolerate anxiety. You can begin to accept it, but it's a process. And the more you practice this, the more that you uh, experience, you know, facing that obsession without actually uh, doing anything to push away that anxiety, that's when you're really going to start learning how to deal with it in a much better way moving forward. And one final thing I wanted to say that, you know, I sometimes uh, I sometimes use this technique myself, and that is just to choose something that you're going to believe in. Whether you really 100% believe in it or not, it can actually be quite a helpful approach where we just make a conscious decision to say, okay, I may not 100% believe that there's a meaning or purpose to life, but I'm going to try, just for the sake of my of my mental health, to believe that there is. In a way, sometimes, you know, asking these big questions about, you know, what is the meaning of life and why are we here? It's kind of asking the wrong question because you're never going to get the answer. Whereas if you just say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to decide that this is the reason I'm here and I'm just going to stick with that. Even if it doesn't 100% make logical sense to me, perhaps I'm going to be happier if I just kind of uh, take that approach. Again, though, this is just something that I do personally. If you think um, it could work for you and you want to you wanna give it a try, then, then do. And, and if it works, great. If you don't think that it will kind of fit into your framework or that it doesn't quite make sense to you, then don't. Um, it's all about trying to find what works for you, finding exposures that work for you, finding w uh, ways to be more in the present moment and finding things that create meaning in your life. 
So there we go, guys. I really hope that you found that helpful. As always, if you have any questions, then do please let me know. And many thanks. Just a quick reminder that if you want to get a free session, all you need to do to get that is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. And there you can leave me a message and we can arrange the uh, free session. And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website, Instagram page, Facebook group, or anywhere else online, or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist, or any other medical or mental health professional.